Hey guys, welcome back to the Get A Little Weird podcast. My name is Nate. Today I have something super special for you. We have a new guest we've never had on the podcast. His name's Trevor Snyder. He's from down in Cincinnati. I'm not going to say any more about him because there's intros at the beginning of the interview. But it's a really cool interview, really fun. There's a terrible pause in the middle that I'm hopefully going to be able to edit out before I post uh, this episode. Um, I know that this episode was supposed to be the Superstore episode, but me and Stephanie have been incredibly busy. We want to take time to watch the show together. We could watch the last episode that we have to watch together. <laughs> we, we, we had the choice to watch it together or apart. We were not going to choose apart, and we have been nothing but apart or busy or something since we've had just one episode to go. So we're going to try to catch up on that this week. We're going to make the episode. We're going to bring it out hopefully next week. And uh, But for right now, you've got the great, super, super great interview with Trevor Snyder. Super cool guy, super smart guy. Hope you guys love it. Tell me if you love it. Tell me if you hate it. Let me know on Instagram, on Facebook, via email. I will have those links posted in the show notes so you guys can get a hold of me um but without any further ado here is the interview with trevor snyder hey trevor what's up nothing much man how are you uh pretty good it's the weekend so that's it's a good feeling uh um just kind of kind of chilling today and then back at it tomorrow so Nice, nice. Shame, except I am unemployed because of COVID, so I'm chilling every day. Oh man, <laughs> you're uh, honestly, I I bet your uh, your unemployment's a little bit better than you know having to you know go to work and do all that, and I mean it probably works out, right? Yeah, um, yeah, for the most part, with the the CARES Act and things, with the extra six hundred a week that really helped out um state of ohio though they hardly give anything and they based it off of like a couple years ago uh, when i wasn't making as much money so um depending on what the government decides to do i i need to start looking soon uh it's not easy street like it was a couple months ago when they were still giving me that extra 600 a week yeah that uh I heard that that had either gone away or was going away. I, w- I wasn't too sure because it doesn't really apply to me. So, yeah, it uh, went away July thirty first. Man, yeah, that's uh, it's kind of. I feel like it's scary for some people. I mean, like, well, and probably you because it's like, well, now I have to find a different career, like put my career on hold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely. Um, it, it was super abrupt. I mean, I kind of knew it was coming. Um, I wish they would have done more of like a step down program where maybe like next week you got 500 extra the week later, 300 or something like that. So you could have had, you know, a few weeks of a few weeks of doing, you know, job searches and things. Um, But how they had it set up was, you you know, depending on what you made before, you'd almost be an idiot to go look for a job just because you were making so much money on unemployment. Yeah, that's, um, that's what yeah. I found out through, through some other people. Yeah, they were saying, like, this one guy at work, he said, 
his wife only made like 300 bucks a week at her regular job and now on unemployment she's making double that it's like man that's insane yeah yeah so that's that's one of the reasons they were wanting to get rid of it because um a lot of the politicians felt it uh disincentivized you to actually go to work and i i mean i can see that um it did make life a whole lot easier and um i guess it made my job search a little more um more competitive because you know i i was making uh, over $25 an hour just to stay home so that meant that in order for it to be worth it to go back to work i'd have to find a job making more than that which you know, right now, a lot of those jobs aren't really hiring. Yeah, um, they're either so, not hiring yeah. for their full, you know, like they're just way above people's grade, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I hope I hope you end up finding something. Were you were you still in finance? Uh, yeah. So I I was working in uh, in finance um, and I worked at Fidelity Investments for a little while quit and uh went to a different job don't want to say their name because they uh are terrible people but uh (laughs) it was it was it was a large bank and they do everything 166.7 percent better because their name is a fraction that doesn't make any sense and they were formed in the mid-1800s in downtown Cincinnati when the 5th General Bank and 3rd General Bank combined. Um, but yeah, I won't mention their names, but yeah, they're, they're pretty terrible. Yeah, I, uh, I think you were actually, you were transitioning into that the last time that uh, we spoke at Subway and Liberty. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I was, I, I think that was probably around April, and that was when I was, um, that was when I was getting into Fidelity, and then uh, in November is when I, I left. It was like right before my birthday, um, left to get a higher paying job. So. Yeah, well, you gotta, you gotta treat yourself for your birthday, and if that's the, <laughs> if that's how you do it, then. Definitely. But yeah, um, yeah. So I just wanted, like, there wasn't really an introduction, but I do want to introduce you a, a couple different ways. Uh, you are my friend from Miami, uh, Miami University. You went there four years, and I worked there for two years. Um, <laughs> and so we know each other from there. Uh, I would consider you, if, if Michael Scott has Todd Packer, I have you. Uh, that that would be a good uh, a good uh, classification, I think. Yeah, I, that's. I mean, that's the way I've been. I think that's the way I've always thought about you, um, because uh, I think you rub people the wrong way sometimes. But I'm just totally behind you, a hundred percent. So <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely agree with that. But yeah, that's uh, anything else you could, uh, if, if there was anything else you would say about yourself, what would it be? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, I rub people the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I think it just depends on the audience. Um, I mean, I, I can obviously adjust my uh, personality a bit to, to fit what's uh, the decor of the room. Um I mean, I worked at Children's Hospital and things did well. 
at that job. So obviously I wasn't as brash with mentally ill children, uh, but yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely can be. And, and like I said, uh, you know, at places like Miami where I didn't really care and uh, everyone hated their job, it's a little easier to be brash. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, that that place that place can be so fun. I mean, memories of that place could be so fun, but it really did at points bring out the total worst in me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and the thing the thing about that is, you know, I have very very fond memories of Miami. But the reason, if you think about every single fond memory you have there, it's not because of the work, and it's not because of Miami. It's because of the people that were there, like. The, the people that were there is the only reason I stuck it out for two years as well. I actually quit on my two year anniversary. Huh. Um, and like, if it wasn't for that, I would, I would have quit, you know, three weeks in because the, the job was just horrible with the students, how they treated you, things like that um, for the most part. And uh, especially management, but you know, the people, people was what made it worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I think about a lot of, I mean, I still have a lot of those people on Facebook, uh, like the people we're friends with and I'll see like Levi on there. Uh, and I'll just like, I'll think of main street or I'll think of like, you know, him just popping out, popping in the back of pulley and I'll just, us all just ditching the, ditching the line and popping back and talking to him and stuff. And, uh, and Speaking of Pooley, I um I remember when I met you, you you told me that I had already met you before. Yeah, so I I think that you like I'm you're a pretty memorable person. And I, I don't know if it was just because I was new or because you know, I was only a student worker for nine days before they promoted me to a manager. Um, so I'm thinking that we met when I was a student employee and then you just didn't pay attention because I think you were newer at the time. And then also Gary Sizemore was back behind the line. So you were probably paying attention to him. Yeah. And, uh, the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then, then we met like formally, I guess maybe two or three weeks later. Yeah. But, uh, I remember when we, when we first met, uh, you had me uh, fill out a uh, an injury report, or no, John? Remember, um, I call him Young Atheist John. What's his name? John uh, uh, Daughtery or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, Daughtery do- or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he comes up to me and he says, "Hey, do you know Trevor?" And I was like, "Trevor who?" And he's like, "Trevor Snyder." And I'm like, "Well, what's he look like?" Because I just thought he was asking me offhandedly if I. Yeah, just saying you were a cool dude or something. I said, "No, I have no clue who that is." He says, "Trust me, you do." I said, "What?" And he said, "Trust me, you do." And then he had me sign this form, and I had no clue what it was for. <laughs> and it was to say that I was in Pulley when you got burned, and I remember that I was there, but I just had no clue who you were. Yeah, yeah, you were standing like right behind me because I was at the fryer, and then you were at like the prep station i don't know playing on your phone or whatever you used to do hey i was toasting bread (laughs) come on (laughs) 
But yeah, that was some good memories. That was actually on my uh, grandpa's birthday that um, <laughs> that happened. So I remember I, I have specific dates of, you know, my time at Miami. Like I started and ended on September 11th. So I'll never forget that day. Yeah. September, September 18th was when I uh, was burned. Uh, you know, like my, like I said, my grandpa's birthday, um, just different things, different things, uh, to keep the memories fresh. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome that you can, uh, that you can mark them that, that you can mark them that way because, uh, I mean, that's the same, like my grandma's, my grandma's birthday is, uh, the same friend, uh, same birthday as my friend Michael's birthday. And, mm-hmm. uh, that's. That's how I remember their birthdays. I hadn't, I didn't have a uh, a way to remember them before I found out that it was the same day. So yeah, it's kind of cool how everything's kind of connected that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, um, I wasn't even. I we should have probably prepared. It's easy enough to talk to you, man. But uh, I, I thought maybe maybe we should have drawn an outline. But I know one one thing I did kind of draw out before uh before we got on was i i (laughs) i looked up on uh i googled how many cities there were that were uh that had active riots during the black Lives matters uh movement kind of uh reinventing um and it was two thousand major cities um, so I didn't know if you wanted to talk anything about that and what it, what it was like to be, uh, to be in a city that was one out of the 2000 major cities in the U S being kind of in an upheaval. Yeah. So, um, I will, I will talk about anything you want to talk about. You, you, you should know that about me by now. I, I don't have a filter. Oh yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> with, I mean, with that, that was um, it was interesting. I, I had, uh, some friends that were down, uh, in different neighborhoods in Cincinnati that were actually close and like saw the action. Um, some in Clifton, um, things like that, uh, around the UC, um, area, university of Cincinnati. So, um, that was a lot of the, where the action was. Um, I had actually been staying with my, um, staying with my mom at the time when all that kind of broke out and um she lives closer to the city uh than what my house is so um we saw a little bit uh on the the major streets but um not not too much it was kind of centralized to the downtown area um luckily and then uh my my neighborhood where my house is um it's a lot of of suburbs uh republicans gun owners uh, so we you know, no one really wanted to come around our area. Oh well, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Tearing up things. <laughs> but yeah, so nothing nothing terribly out of control where you were then. No, no, nothing nothing terribly out of control. Um the worst thing was um I actually uh before I moved to to the area I live at now, uh, when I was a little kid, we lived in uh, a neighborhood called Northside in Cincinnati. And um, now Northside is kind of known as the hipster, um, yuppie type place. Um, a lot of gentrification, a lot of 
um, upper class people are buying these very, very ran down houses for next to nothing, like literally five, ten thousand dollars. They're flipping them and then they're selling them for like three hundred thousand. And and they're kind of revitalizing the neighborhood in that way. But when we had lived there, it had gotten pretty bad. And um, it was one of the neighborhoods that were affected the most during uh, the 2001 Cincinnati race riots. And uh, with, with you being from Indiana, I, I don't really know if you saw it on the news or anything, but um, Cincinnati went through, I think it was like maybe eight straight days. And when I say straight days, I mean literally 24-7. Like there was no off time at all. Um, like eight days of just nonstop rioting, looting, firebombing of businesses, destruction of homes and everything. And, and that was caused over... A, um, a police officer shot an unarmed black man in downtown Cincinnati um, in the, I believe it was in the Avondale neighborhood. And uh, I mean, it, it even has its own Wikipedia page um, and news articles. It made national news um, because the city was so destroyed. It, it was similar to what Minneapolis is this time around. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And it's referred to the Cincinnati race riots of 2001. And I remember those, you know, very distinctly, because like I said, we were in the neighborhood while it was going on. Um, and you, you know, probably were like 10 or 11, right? No, no, I was I was only around seven um, oh, at that time. Yeah, yeah, we're almost the same age. Um, yeah. yeah for, for that two weeks in November, we are the same age uh, oh, <laughs> until yeah, the yeah. 15th. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, back then I saw people running down the street with, you know, trash cans, throwing them in people's yards, breaking windows. I saw a car on fire. Um, it was, it was pretty crazy, but nothing, luckily nothing uh, this bad this time around. Yeah, no, seriously. And I, yeah, I had no, I mean, so yeah, if I was seven, I would have had no clue. I mean, sure. We watched the news with our parents, but I don't, I don't think you, like even when I watched, okay, on September 11th, that it was that year. Yeah. I, I don't even, we were in the dentist office and I was in the dentist chair. My mom was beside me and my dad and my sister were out in the, um, were out in the waiting room. And my sister was like three at that time. And my, uh, we, we heard the wall shake and, uh, the, Oh, like the, you know, not the real dentist, but the lady who checks your teeth or whatever. She, mm-hmm. uh, she said, Oh, uh, your sister's probably out there smashing your dad's head into the wall. It, uh, that's what shook the whole place. And we all kind of laughed about it. And then once we left the dentist, they had the little TV behind the desk and, uh, it was showing pictures of, uh, you know, video of New York and mm-hmm. what, what had happened and that that was the, the jet scrambling is what had shaken the walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I remember that was kind of crazy, but I just don't, I didn't know the scope of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you were probably, I mean, you're, you're more fortunate to have that scope because you lived in a diverse area, but you've been to, you've been to Liberty and Brownsville. <laughs> it's not very yeah. diverse. So yeah, there's uh, corn and people. That's it. Yeah, corn and people, and there's no terrorists, and there's, you know, there's nothing. Yeah. I probably didn't even see, besides the uh, besides the Dayton Air Force Museum, I probably had never seen a 
airplane up close until mm-hmm. I was, you know, I don't know, <laughs> probably in 10th grade. So, uh, but yeah, that's, I, I had never heard about those riots and that's, that's crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of, um, like you were saying that the, you said that South side was being revitalized. That's kind of like, um, like over the Rhine, that's just wasn't a place where you went when, when we were kids. Um, cause I used to go down, we used to go down that way for, uh, to Cincinnati for the, uh, I, I had a heart condition, so well have a heart condition. I'd go to children's and, uh, we'd go up, uh, Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Jr. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. goes up that big hill, uh, and uh, we'd watch the Cincinnati news, and Dad would say, once I was getting older, Dad would say, yeah, if you ever go down there by yourself, don't get caught in over the Rhine, but uh, me and Silas, when we took Joel to the doctor that one day, uh, mm-hmm. we walked through over the Rhine, and it was like a just a regular neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, definitely it's, it's changing, um, but I mean, it's still now the, the neighborhood around Cincinnati Children's is still really bad. Um, it's not uh, the, the you know, upscale flipping, house flipping and stuff hasn't reached that area yet. Um, and it's still, again, a lot of crime um, and things, but it's slowly changing and it's kind of working its way, you know, working its way back up from uh, over the Rhine and few of the other neighborhoods, Clifton and things that, uh, people are flipping around. Yeah. And it, um, I like it. I just don't, I don't understand, um, how that change can happen. I'm, but if it's, if it's happening and it's positive, then that's, that's good. I'm just saying like, I don't know how you can buy something for 5,000 and sell for 300,000. Mm-hmm. What are you putting into it? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of it is. Um, I kind of think it's in the name of political correctness, um, but I also think I, you know, I'm against gentrification and that that whole process of flipping houses like that because by causing the home prices, the median home price in the neighborhood to rise, you cause property tax to rise which forces low-income people out of their homes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw it with um, one of one of my mom's friends uh, from Northside. Her property tax, her home, uh, is only valued at $7,000. It's almost just a one-room building. Jeez. And um, it's, it's a one-bedroom. It's very small. It's less than 1,000 square foot. Um, super, super tiny house. And, uh, it, her, her property taxes, I think she said they went up by like $900 a year and she is on disability fixed income. They've always been on welfare as long as we've known them. Um, and you know, they just don't have the money to start paying that. But the reason they went up so high is because, um, the house next door on both sides were bought and then they both recently sold a couple years ago for around 500,000 combined. So about $250,000 a house. So if you've got, you know, but 
before they were only bought for maybe 30 grand for both of the buildings. Um, so people don't really look at it that way. And, and a lot of it, when I, you know, I said it's, it's done in the name of political correctness. A lot of people do it, I think, to say like, Hey, this neighborhood isn't bad. This neighborhood can turn around and they want it racially diverse, but, um, you know, they don't take in consideration the fact that not only are those neighborhoods racially diverse, but they're also socioeconomically diverse. You cannot put a upper class person in a home and increase the value so drastically because, like I said, it, it, it um, you know, it, 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 it affects the people in that neighborhood by artificially inflating their homes values their taxes and everything else on them we have to have living situations for every single person i mean there's rich neighborhoods i can't afford to live in now if i you know if all of a sudden those people moved into my neighborhood raised the property taxes i'd probably have to move and i don't i don't know where i would go and if you're talking about these these ghetto places that are already pretty bad already filled with government housing there's nowhere else to go. They're already at, you know, one of the lowest income areas that they can be. Um, so all you're doing is just forcing them into smaller confined areas. And that's not helping anybody, uh, even though you think that you might be. Yeah, I, I just don't know. Maybe is there some kind of uh, reform that could happen where it stops property taxes from from valuing so high? I mean, because obviously it's based on what the property value is, but is there a way to uh, to to maybe force force more taxes on the the people who own the the higher value properties? Yeah, I mean, I I don't really I don't really know. I don't really think that that would really be possible because it's um, I mean, it's in the name of of free market, you know, real estate there. They're doing it by choice. It's just unfortunate that they're, you know, the outcomes of it. Um, it's just like if, you know, somebody wanted to buy a historic house, tear it down and build apartments. Most times there's no laws that prevent them from doing that, even though morally they shouldn't. Um, but, you know, they, they just kind of can. And they want to because they, they talk about wanting to revitalize these neighborhoods and things, but like I said, they got to think of the people that's in those neighborhoods, not just themselves. Um, because oftentimes also the person who buys that house and flips it doesn't live there. They don't even live in near the neighborhood. They are property developers and then they sell to people who want a diverse neighborhood, um, but still want to live in a nice house. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that really, that really paints that in a really bad light. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I can't even, yeah, I can't even imagine like our, our property taxes aren't even like, we don't even bat an eyelash at them here. I mean, and we, we have a lot of, I don't know, like the house across the street, it's got nine bathrooms and six and a half or nine bedrooms and six and a half bathrooms. I don't Mm -hmm. know what that house costs and it's a historic house. So, you know, you have to play by the rules over there. And, uh, but I I don't think that affected us at all. I mean, um, 
but yeah, we, yeah, I just don't, uh, that's, that's super interesting. That's, that's definitely what I'll say about it. It's super interesting. And, uh, I, I just, I, I wish <laughs> it's, it's super hard because you kind of wish the best out of all of this. Um, and I just don't know how those things turn around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. There's always, I mean, you, you can't stop. You can't stop the, the people who are, like you said, it's, it's totally up to people whether or not they're doing that. And if they want to, if they want to, you know, buy a $5,000 house and make it a $200,000 home, they're going to do it, period. Mm-hmm. So that's just feels yucky. It just really does. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, what other weird topics you got for me? Well, I don't, I don't really know. Um, you don't work at the hospital anymore, so I can't really t- ask you what it's like to work at a hospital when, uh, when all this madness is going on. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't imagine it. I mean, I've talked to people who, who work in healthcare, and it's, uh, you know, the the big question I want to ask people is like, well, do you actually believe it's real and all this stuff? Because it's so hard to. Um, it's so hard to think, I guess a question I would have is, uh, like, do you wear a mask out? Uh, do you refuse the mask wearing or, uh, like when you're to the grocery or the gas station or whatever? So I, yeah, I wear a mask, um, out and, um, the, the only reason I, I do is because, um, of the, the mandate, um, uh, so Ohio, uh, like Indiana, has you know has one. I'm not sure if the ramifications are the same, but I believe that in Ohio you can actually receive a ticket or fine um, potentially uh, if you are caught wearing or not wearing one in public um, in spaces where you can't socially distance. So uh, when I'm walking to the store. I don't have one on. I take it out of my pocket, put it on as soon as I enter the door of the store. Um, I mean, as I'm, you know, as I'm entering, not, not in the aside without one, but I wear it and then uh, take it off as soon as I exit that door and I'm in the parking lot again. Uh, so that's what I do. If I'm, you know, visiting someone's house and things, I, I won't wear one. Um, and I don't wear one out in my yard. I don't wear one in public. Like I said, unless I'm inside of a place where I, I'm forced to do it. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the same way that we play it around here. Like I, I put one on at the gas station today just so I wouldn't get, I mean, there was like an old man with one on the other side of the, the pump. So I was like, well, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll play along. Cause I, wa- I was not six feet from him, you know, so, yeah. uh, you know, I'll protect, protect this old man or whatever, but, um, mm-hmm. No, in so in Indiana, they uh, the governor Holcomb actually uh, he said there's up to six months jail time. There's a twelve hundred dollar fine, um, and then I think it was 
if it wasn't every single one, it was short one or two, but every single county, like, police uh, force was like, we are not enforcing masks. Like, we are not mm-hmm. mask police. We have a hundred other things we've got on our plate. <laughs> yeah. And which I think is super, I mean, super smart. And so then the governor was like, well, okay, screw that. Just, just wear, come on, we're just wear your masks. And I, so he took away the fine. Now, I don't know about like the, I don't know about the jail time. I assume that if you were, I assume that if you were not wearing a mask and the police came up to you and you were like, they were like, please put your mask on and you were like, F the police, then of course you're probably going to get taken in on that. Mm -hmm. But as long as you play along, even, you know, even as you know, as long as you just play along until you've walked around the corner from them or whatever, I'm sure that's okay. I've, I haven't heard of anybody around here having an issue. Now they have, you know, a bunch of people, you know, at Walmart fighting with the old lady the greeter, you know, who's asking them to put the mask on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a bunch of that, but I, I haven't heard of any actual deals with the police yet around here with, uh, according to masks. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely one Brad had told me. Uh, he said, Dude, you need to get somebody uh, on there with a different view uh, about masks than you. And I wasn't even sure what my view was when he said that. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I just, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, well, yeah, I'll I'll do it. Um, but, and I don't even think I think it's stupid anymore. I think at points I'm like, Man, I have to wear a mask for eight and a half hours at work. That sucks. But um, to to do it, you know, uh, just out in the store. I mean, it just seems like uh, we've done it for four weeks now, and it just seems kind of no- normal now. Yeah, yeah. It's almost it's you know normalized now. Eventually, I think um, you know it took a while, but it is pretty normalized. Um, I mean, I, I think that masks in general do help a bit. Um, are they ideal? No. Um, do they work, you know, with a hundred percent efficiency? No, uh, for a variety of factors. The one thing I, that I hate the most though, is, um, when I see someone wearing a mask, but they have their nose out. (laughs) Yeah. uh, (laughs) And then I'm like, do you not realize that you have mucous membranes in your nostrils and that you're not doing anything? So like, just don't wear it. If you're going to effectively, you know, destroy the, the every, every bit of safety that it has, why do you even wear one? Yeah. Um, It is kind of ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. You know, it's, it's like, uh, it's like having an umbrella and, and it starts pouring rain. And before you extend the umbrella, you stab a bunch of holes in it and then you open it up and then you get mad when you get wet. And I'm like, that's what you're doing. You're, you're not blocking your nose and mouth. You're, you're leaving one airway open. It makes no sense. Yeah. And I, I think, I think if you sat all the people down 
who 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 keep their nose uncovered with the mask on and you and you ask them is your nose and your mouth connected they probably would tell you no yeah they, they probably would bring their thumb and their index finger up and then they bring it away they bring it up to their nose and then they bring it away and they say there's this far they're this far apart <laughs> I, I would agree I, I think that uh i think that they probably don't realize you know just how connected and how important both are for you know sickness and for health it's you know, like i said i mean they're they're connected and you have very very sensitive um you know cavities and things in your in your nasal cavity you have um like i said the membranes and things that control if you get sick and filter bacteria and things so definitely if you're going to wear a mask wear it right cover your nose cover your mouth try to keep it on as tight as possible to your face um which i have a beard now as well so it's it's hard for us to do yeah um because of that that hair but um it does it does help a bit um one of the analogies i saw on facebook which i kind of like uh is the the person that's trying to pee on people Uh, (laughs) um have you seen that infographic no no okay so so this is it it kind of explains wearing a mask it says if you um if you're outside and you're naked and a naked man runs up to you and pees on you you're gonna get peed on and you're gonna get wet now if you're outside and you have on a pair of pants which is in this case a mask and this guy is naked and he runs up to you and pees on you, you're still going to get a little bit wet, but it's not going to be as bad as if you were naked too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now this is the best scenario. You have on your pants. You're outside. A guy comes up and he's wearing pants too. And he pees <laughs> in your direction. You're not going to get any pee on you. It's going to stay with him. <laughs> And it's going to run down his leg. And that is the whole mask analogy. It's, you know, if you wear one, you stop some of the particles. You might get some, but you stop most of them. But if both people are wearing a mask, it doesn't even leave their mouth, you know, that that well to where it could get to you. So I, I like that analogy. I thought that was pretty kind of a, a good way of, of putting it to make people realize Um and, and you know, historically, if you look throughout uh, throughout history, we always have found new ways to prevent disease and get better as a society. It you know, it started back when surgeons didn't realize that you should wash your hands during surgery. Yeah. So then people started washing hands. They invented better soap. Um, there was actually a doctor. I think his name was Lister. I believe it was Lister and he's actually created Listerine and Listerine at first was an antiseptic used during surgery. And uh, he would wash his hands with that and it would kill bacteria and his patients started surviving. They didn't get infection. They, you know, he was able to sew them up and, and modern surgery, uh, you know, was created Um, back during the Spanish flu uh, epidemic, you know, and, and, and pandemic back in like the early 1900s people started wearing masks and it dropped down drastically. Um, there's, it's also why so many laws were invented about not spitting in public um, because tuberculosis was so rampant 
and they didn't realize it's because everybody used to chew tobacco and stuff and just spit in spittoons like in the cowboy bars and on the streets and stuff. Once they limited that, the tuberculosis rates fell drastically as well. Huh. Um, so, I mean, it's if you look at it, covering your mask or covering your face rather with a mask, it does help. Um, do I think that it's super necessary or needed it, where we live? No. And I say that because you and I both live in pretty, um, pretty open areas that aren't jam packed full of people. Yeah. Like I, I can walk out on my sidewalk. I can walk four miles in a big block and I probably won't actually come within a hundred feet of a person. And it's because I live in the suburbs of Cincinnati. Now, if I lived downtown Cincinnati, I'm talking like Fifth Street and Vine, like skyscrapers. If I lived there, yeah, I would be within five feet of somebody as soon as I walked out my front door. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, New York City, same way. L.A., same way. Hollywood, same way. Those big cities, yeah, they're super packed. But, like, I think ours should be more relaxed because you and I – aren't up in someone's face 24 seven. So like, you know, we, we shouldn't have to wear a mask outside. Um, and I, honestly, even in the store, like I use the self checkout a lot, especially if it's a store I don't like, because in my mind, I hope that by using that, they just start firing all the cashiers. Oh. <laughs> so, so like Walmart, I never use a cashier, a human cashier. And there's usually not any there anyway. But, um, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, so I always use the self checkout anyway. And like, I don't know about you, but I keep my distance in the supermarket anyway. I, th- I think it's weird to be within five feet of someone, especially a stranger that you don't know while you're, you know, both looking at macaroni and cheese or something. Yeah. So, like in, in the you know, it's pointless to me. Yeah. In the instance of like, if I need to get something. If they don't respond to me saying, excuse me, can I get in front of you? I'm just going to circle around the block until I, you know, until they've left the shelf I need to get to. So, yeah. 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 I'm the same way, way even before this. Anytime I was uh, shopping in the normal world, uh, not this crazy world we live in, but the normal world. Yeah, I that's that's what I would do. I yeah, I was never up. Yeah, that that is kind of weird. And I know people who are like that and you run into people who are still like that. But. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go ahead, man. Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, that's, you know, that's my point was just like, I think living my life as normal, um, I'm pretty socially distanced uh, other than, you know, handshakes or something like that with with somebody that I might do, um, which, again, also in today's society, that's not even commonplace. The, the most commonplace was when I. Um, you know, when I was working in finance, we shook hands a lot with everybody. Yeah. Um, but how many times have you shaken someone's hand at Kroger or at Walmart or something like you? You don't do that. Um, yeah. You don't touch a lot of things, uh, or at least you shouldn't. I do know some people that just kind of go through and touch crap and don't even buy it. They just like to feel stuff. Yeah. Don't do that. But I mean, I've never been that type. I go. I look with my eyes when I see something I want to purchase, I pick it up, put it in my cart and I purchase that one. I I don't, you know, I'm not rubbing my hands everywhere. I'm not coughing everywhere. I'm not sneezing everywhere. 
and I'm well further than six foot away from the next person. So I just don't really think I should have to wear wear a mask inside of the, the building even, um, you know, as long as I can continue to maintain that social distance. Yeah, that's, uh, but it, it's, you saying that's not going to change it, Trevor. It's just, <laughs> I wish it could. I wish yeah. it could. Cause yeah, I think, I think a lot of us could be that. I mean, I think a lot of us could really be that way and, and we are that way already, but, um, it's kind of like the whole, uh, you know, one, you know, one, one kid ruins it for the whole class and now you don't have the popcorn party at the end mm-hmm. of the year. Um, and so everybody, that's the one thing I'm learning in life, especially with all of this, like at work, everybody's like, I don't want to wear those masks. And it's like these 58 year old men who are like, I ain't wearing no mask. Like they can't oh. tell me what to do. And I'm like, well, okay. You like have smoked for 44 years of your 58 years <laughs> yeah. and your lungs are already trash, but go ahead. Don't wear the mask. <laughs> like see where it gets you yeah yeah so i yeah i mean i i know a lot of those people too where they're like you know i'm not i'm not wearing a mask it's tyranny it's this it's that and i'm like it's not it's not really like if i ever felt um you know i'm i'm super patriotic and outspoken if i ever felt that my rights were being trampled on by the government i would be the first to speak up but i'm like asking us, you know, asking us to wear, because that's all it is when you get down to it. It's an ask, just like the police. They've all said in every state I've seen, maybe California, they're doing it. But, you know, none of them are enforcing the mask laws. The government is, the governor is simply asking us to wear them. Yeah. Like that, that's not impeding our, our rights or anything. It's, it's for public safety. You know, it's the same reason we have, speed limits and everything else we do. It's the same reason we have the FDA, you know, um, that inspects our food and make sure that it's safe and things for us. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's a polite society. It's, it's what you should do. Um, there are Im- immunocompromised people, old people and things. There's people with cancer or stuff like that, that can get sick more often. And if, you know, being a jerk and, not you know helping them any way you can that's just that's what it comes down to you're just being a bad person yeah you know so i don't think you go to nursing homes and cough in people's face (laughs) no no even if you don't even if you don't want to wear your mask i mean you can still be a decent person and just not like wearing the mask not like the feel of it not like you know breathing your own air back in um i even i kind of get lightheaded with (laughs) wearing one well, Too yeah, much. I'm kind of like claustrophobic or something, but it's just something I'm having to grow. I'm having to grow through that and 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 just deal with it because it's like, you know, when the the second you know, the second they do choose to start writing, you know, the uh, fines and stuff, I kind of want to be already acclimated to wearing one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, mine, I, so the kind I bought, I actually bought one um, uh, from Walmart. It's a, uh, a little tiny piece of fabric. Um, it was like eight bucks, but it's reusable and things. It's 
better quality and more comfortable than the paper ones um, that are super expensive and, and things. So um, the main thing too, I the main reason I, I hate them out of everything is the fact that our glasses fog up. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, That's um, the worst. It's, it's so bad because I'm like, this is more dangerous. Like I'm going to hit someone with my shopping cart because I cannot see. And then like, if I would avoid them and keep my social distance, like I'm going to knock over this shelf of liquor bottles and Kroger (laughs) and just do $500,000 worth of damage to the store because my glasses are fogged up. Well, and that's, that's the thing. I'm glad they don't, I'm glad it's not all, I'm glad it's not all spaces because I can't even imagine driving. It's like, I might as well take my glasses off at that point because I can see better with my glasses off than, (laughs) and there's times at work, you know, I have to inspect the caskets and stuff. And there's times at work where I'll take my glasses off because the humidity in the room just keeps them fogged up and I'll have them off for a whole half hour, really at points. And, uh, which I shouldn't do because I should have something covering my eyes in case, you know, mm-hmm. for another safety reason. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's kind of, I kind of did want to get um, one, one thing extra about the masks. Um, and, and you brought it up with the whole, you know, people, you know, especially the older people saying, well, this is tyranny. They're, they're trashing our rights or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you, I don't know, do you see, do you see something like negative? Okay, no, okay, that's, dude, I'm so off the game today. (laughs) (laughs) If I had known I was going to be this, dude, you have been on, you've been on, and you're the star of the show right now, but I have been so off, um... So I I have this friend on Facebook and I've been you know I read all his crazy posts all the time about mm-hmm. the pizza gate, pedo gate, all that stuff, right? Yeah. And I remember a couple of years ago uh Silas had us watch that uh documentary on Netflix and I can't remember what it was called. Um and this was probably either late 2015 or early 2016. It was still when you um well, no, it was when you lived, I guess that was when you lived at, um, at the apartments across from the post office. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, in Oxford at uh, Hawks Landing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember, you know, and that was about, um, did about- you, you and I watched this together, correct? Yeah, I think you had already started it, and you it was, started it. Um, you're talking about the zeitgeist. Yeah, about the Illuminati and nine. Yeah, yeah, that's, that that's a documentary. Yeah, yeah. I I'm glad you remember that. I had no clue what it was called. Um, but yeah, I so I've been watching this YouTube. I guess you call it a documentary. I don't even know what it is, but. Um, <laughs> It's like this ten part series about um about Pizzagate and all that stuff, and it's rocking my world and and you see this stuff out in the real world, and you're like oh this is this is so bad <laughs> and i yeah. just didn't, 
I didn't know if you had any input on that or if if you didn't um, really dive into that yet. Yeah, so I I haven't really dived into that stuff yet. Um, it, I've kind of thought it has been interesting, but um, at the same time, I I have like the past couple months, I've kind of just been um, trying to shut my brain off from what's going on. Uh, and I actually, I haven't been on Facebook in probably three months, uh, just because it, every single time I got on, it was like bashing the country, bashing the people, bashing the politicians, bashing like whatever. And it was just negativity 24 seven. And I was like, dude, this is just so stressful and so like angering and everything. So I just, I've been off of all that. And, um, and so that's like an act of self preservation then. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I just, I would get so upset or depressed, like looking at all this. So I just decided to kind of step away from all of it. Um, I mean, I'm definitely still interested in conspiracy theories and stuff, but I honestly kind of, I'm trying to been stay away from uh, more political type ones uh, because I'm like, I believe what I believe. It's very hard to change that. And um, otherwise it's just kind of like beating a dead horse. Like no, after November, November 3rd, I will be more, uh, more ready, I guess, or more, um, you know, excited for what's to come uh, after, you know, after this election, but, uh, it's just kind of it's kind of crazy. Now, I, there there is another conspiracy theory though that I kind of found super interesting, and I I had said this from the beginning um, about coronavirus in general. And um, you know my my thoughts. Some people say I'm crazy, but my thoughts on it is that every so often, so every so many years, um, China. China 24-7 around the clock, like we are too. Um, I mean, most most world leaders, most world countries, like huge countries, do this. Um, China you know, is researching disease. Uh, they're researching like weapons, like biological warfare 24-7. Yeah. And I think every so many years, they accidentally let one loose. Or I think that what they do is they actively test it on their own people um, to see how it how it would react. And I think that every so often it gets out of hand. I kind of think that's what coronavirus is. Um, I think that they, um, you know, were testing this, created it in a lab, and it accidentally got out of hand um, and escaped the you know testing zone. Um, and if you look back at at the other pandemics we've had, a lot of them have originated around China, like SARS um, and yeah, SARS. Um, so COVID is a kind of a a branch of SARS. So it's it's actually kind of the same um, you know disease, but uh, yeah, the SARS um, swine flu, I believe, also um, in two thousand nine, I think, came from uh, from a you know, the area of Asia, um, around China. Okay. And, uh, you know, even the U S government has tested 
things on us as well. Um, especially in San Francisco, they've done a huge, um, huge, you know, tests over the years. Um, they used to be more open and blatant about it, but they've been hiding it recently. Um, which, uh, again, there's back in the early, I think the 1920s, um, one thing they did was the government was like, Hey, uh, we could use mosquitoes as weapons. So, because they're like mosquitoes carry malaria and we want to see how far mosquitoes can travel. And they actually dropped a bunch of mosquitoes on San Francisco and they just wanted to see what would happen. And, uh, it was recently declassified like 20 years ago that they did this and everybody was like, Holy crap. They, they did this to us. Um, and then if you, uh, it, it was actually, it was called operation big buzz. You can look that up on, on Wikipedia, on Google, uh, operation big buzz. Huh. And, uh, they did that. And then, and then in, uh, Vietnam, the, during the Vietnam war, there was an operation called operation ranch hand where the U S government sprayed agent orange, the, uh, herbicide to kill the jungles. So we could see the enemy. They sprayed it on their own people. And uh, my uncle was actually one of the per- one of the soldiers that were sprayed with Agent Orange, and it's such a harsh chemical that it um, caused him to form diabetes. His liver, kidneys, pancreas, all that just went to trash afterwards. And he was diabetic from the age of like thirty onward because of being sprayed with Agent Orange. Mm. Um, and, you know, hundreds of thousands of soldiers and stuff were sprayed with this, and they're all getting – a lot of them get a check um, to say sorry uh, from the government each month, but it's only, you know, like 100 bucks, something like that. Jeez. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think that it's um, – I think that it just kind of escapes from the lab or the testing facility every so often, uh, and that's what – causes this things and and like i said it is all a conspiracy theory you don't we don't have really proof or anything but one thing that uh i think kind of lends truth to this theory is uh the reason that the cdc says outside is safer and that you know a lot of the politicians are saying no the riots and the marches and protests are not causing uh, you know, upward trends of the, the virus. And the, the reason behind that that I read was because the virus cannot stand ultraviolet light from the sun because it was bred and created in a lab under fluorescent light. And they said, because once you're out in, the, in public and you're out in the sun, and, and if you notice every single governor, every single one, the president, the CDC, every single person is saying, Get out and exercise. Get out and exercise. Spend time outside. Um, just like Ohio's governor, he was like, hey, we're shutting down. No travel at all. The only exception is if you want to go out and exercise. And he's yeah. like, go out, to, go out to the park, ride your bike, walk around. And I'm like, do they know something we don't? Like, is this true? Is it that true? That sounds pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Because they said it was created in a lab. It was it has never been exposed to ultraviolet light, sunlight, because it was inside. And it was in test tubes and, and petri dishes and and they said finally now it it can't handle it. It hasn't mutated enough. You know, just like it can't handle severe cold, it can't handle severe heat. Um 
So I don't know. It's just a conspiracy, but I think that's a, actually a really interesting one, and I'd like to read more on it. Yeah, uh, definitely. Just because it's pretty cool, I think. Yeah, and that's um, I don't know. It, it's it's really at this point. I know there's a lot of people who who are probably angry if they hear something like that. But at, at this point, I just want to. I don't know. I I don't have anger for. I don't care if the Chinese caused it or if the U.S. government caused it or whatever. I just want to go back to normal life. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't really have a lot of fight left in me on. And that's kind of, yeah, that, that goes back to why I'm, that goes back to why I'm always, you know, wearing a mask where I, where they tell me to, because it's like, I don't have the fight. I don't have the fight to, to go against what they're telling me to do. I, I don't want to spend $1,200 on a fine. I don't want to spend six months in jail. Just <laughs> I'll put the stupid mask on. Exactly. And that, that's where I'm at too. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to get fined. I'm, and uh, there was actually, um, there was a store uh, near my mom's house who uh, is not enforcing the mask policy and their workers do not wear masks. Um, and my mom was like, oh yeah, you don't have to wear a mask inside that store. And I'm not going to name the store, but um, it's a place where everything costs a dollar. And, <laughs> and there's, and there might be a tree in the name. Um, but, uh, and I was like, mom, but if we're inside there and all of a sudden someone from the board of health or something walks in and starts issuing vines, what am I going to do? I'm unemployed. Like, I'm not going to be able to pay a few hundred dollar, a thousand dollar, whatever it is. I'm not going to be able to pay a fine just because I didn't want to be inconvenienced for 10 minutes while I look for something in Dollar Tree. Like, yeah, you know, it's ridiculous. So I'm just like, do it. And, you know, I, I don't know. Let them get a fine. I don't care if they get fined, but I'm going to obey the the orders and, you know, do whatever. But like I said, if if they come around and, you know, the police or the military starts knocking on everybody's door saying, hey, wear a mask 24 seven. Uh, yeah. At that point, I'm going to be, you know loading my guns up and and getting ready to for a civil war but until it gets to that point i'm like dude stop being a baby just follow it this will be over soon and it'll be over faster if we all obey and and try to cut down on these cases yeah um that's okay so i i think that i think that the you said civil war and it it made me think I think that the Black Lives Matter thing has kind of, uh, I wouldn't say run its course, but uh, it's definitely not as uh, as prominent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's older guys at work that say, "Well, yeah, there's going to be a there's going to be a civil war if this stuff doesn't stop." But I, um, I just wonder if maybe. Um, there i just think i just think there are just there are a lot of distractions nowadays i uh-huh. feel like um and that's the that's the one thing that i mean nothing keeps me up at night my head hits a pillow and i'm but you know figuratively speaking these are the things that keep me up at night <laughs> um yeah. just wondering maybe if there's something worse to come because i know that you know 
there for the first couple months of 2020, they we kind of had like a new plague every month, you know? Yeah. Uh, like flavor of the month kind of deal. Um, but it do- doesn't really seem like there was much in July. And we're nine days into August. And uh, there doesn't really seem to be anything different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just didn't know, like, uh, I don't know. I just hope maybe maybe it's all... I don't know. Maybe it's all over. <laughs> Maybe we're, I don't know. It's dude. It's been, I don't know about you, but 2020 has been too fast. It's been so freaking weird. Like, uh, I just like to think like we started this year off moving and it was like, man, this is the start. Like this is the start of the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to be in this house for thirty years, regardless of, mm-hmm. unless you know, unless we win the lotto and want to ditch this place or whatever. But, um, but that's not going to happen when you don't play the lottery, anyways. But you know, when you start the year out and then it's like it just seems to all crash. It's like, oh man, like <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, maybe this wasn't the year we were asking for. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, it's definitely been challenging. It's been strange. It's been crazy. And, you know, I, it's really been reflective, uh, for me, um, because, you know, you kind of look around and you realize what's important and what's not, I think, uh, when so many things has just been turned on its head. Um, you know, even as far as career wise and things, but also looking back at, all the history that, you know, people our age have went through. We've went through so much. We've went through wars. We've went through terrorist attacks. We went through the first black president. We went through, um, you know, now a pandemic where we have to wear masks and stay inside. We've gone through so many technological advances. Like when we were kids, you know, answering machines still had little tiny cassette tapes. Yeah. And, if you've got young people listening to this podcast, they don't even know what a cassette tape is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, I remember getting in trouble because I, I tore the, you know, the black plastic film out of the cassette tape in the answering machine. And my mom was like, hey, how did I know who called now? And like, I, I remember when um, like the Star 69 was invented where you could call that and they would tell you who called you. Yeah. Um, you know, caller ID and stuff. And, and now our phones can do everything. Our phones can literally do everything. They can find an answer to any question. They can calculate anything on a calculator. They can keep track. They can have a calendar, a clock, you know, everything. There's, it's just so, it's so crazy. The people, what we have seen change. And I know our, our parents have seen a drastic difference too, but it hasn't been so, impactful because it's not in their hands it's not in their hands and it also is such a long time frame like your parents and my parents they went maybe 30 years of their life before computers were even invented and like a home computer yeah you know my my dad you know a home computer didn't come out until like maybe it started real big in like 1995 96 
Yeah. And, you know, my dad was already in his, I mean, he was born in 59, so he would have been in his 30s when that started coming out. Us, on the other hand, uh, we have grown up with computers. Um, They've gotten, you know, way more sophisticated, but we've been able to adapt because we're just so used to it. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's not different for us. We didn't live thirty years without them, and then all of a sudden somebody throws it at you, um, like our parents did. So I, it's just crazy the the amount of stuff we've lived and seen at such a young age. I mean, and we've still got, you know, anywhere between two years and seventy left. So. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I'm coming for you, Nate. Oh no! <laughs> I'll sleep with one eye open. Oh, but yeah, it's it's just been strange. It's a strange year. I can't wait for it to be over, though. Honestly, I just kind of want everything to go back to normal. Um, yeah, I know. And the the thing is, I mean, if you think about like, I I just really think that people are what people are predicting about there being another boom around Thanksgiving time. I, I think, I think that's going to happen. I think that's going to happen before it gets better. I, I really, you know, you don't want to hold on to something so dire like that, but, but I think that's really, I think that's really true. Like we're going to see mm-hmm. a huge boom through the holidays. People are probably going to get laid off again. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I don't want that for anybody, but I just really do think that unless they tell us you cannot leave your house for three months, I, I just don't know how it's going to, how it's going to work out. Um, yeah. And that's what, a, I think that's what a lot of people are scared of. And, you know, uh, you know, from previous statements, you know, that's what's going to make you bring out your guns, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, uh, yeah, the, the thing that I'm worried about the most is not this virus per se. Um, I'm more worried about civil unrest um, this year because um, I know that, you know, like you had said, the, the whole movement is kind of over. But unfortunately, it's going to happen again um, whenever the trial starts for these officers. So uh, either way... Um, there's going to be riots, protests, and marches, regardless of if they send this guy to the death penalty, send him immediately to the electric chair, or if they acquit him. And if they acquit him, I mean, it's going to be just chaos. It's going to be complete chaos. And I feel it's going to still be chaos, even if they, like I said, you know, shoot him in the courtroom. But I still think that it might be a little less, less chaotic. Um, if they only give them like six months or a year in jail or, or something like this, it's just, I, it's going to be terrible. And that is where I'm really going to be kind of worried because I don't know how terrible it's going to get. And um, there's going to be so many people that are going to stand up and be more trigger happy uh, during this time. And that's going to lead to even more, you know, chaos. Uh, we're, we're going to see a lot more uh, shootings, a lot more, you know, things because people are like, hey, I was scared. Like, 
somebody, you know, started running in my front yard, banging on my front door. I didn't know what to do. So I shot them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I feel, I feel that we're going to see that. I, I hope to God though, that they hurry up and get this trial over with. Um, because I would rather not deal with that stuff in 2021, but if they wait and start his trial, like in January or something, 2021 is going to be just as messed up as this year. Yeah. I, I, I hope, I hope they hurry up too. And, uh, you know, the criminal justice system is not, uh, the best at hurrying things. <laughs> they like to drag yeah. it out. Um, but yeah, that's, and dude, I don't know. Um, you've been to Richmond a couple of times, right? Yeah. Richmond has always been pretty decent and, I don't know if it's because of all this, uh, this crazy, you know, the Black Lives Matter stuff, or I, I don't even know, but, mm-hmm. or if it's just cab, you know, people had cabin fever, fever, and they had to just, you know, let it all out once they got out, you know, um, but there has been, there has been a sh- two to three shots fired incidents for the last five weeks in Richmond. There, wow! One kid got shot in the leg and got shot in the shoulder and the elbow, and it's been teen on teen mm-hmm. every single time. And I just think that's, uh, like I said, we haven't seen any of the Black Lives Matter stuff here, but we we see that. I mean, we don't, you know, mm-hmm. we don't live in Richmond. We live, you know, twenty minutes from Richmond, but still, I work in Richmond, and I'm like. Man, some of this stuff is happening blocks away from where I work. Yeah. Um, if I, you know, if I had to come in two hours early for work, I'd be rolling through the neighborhood where somebody, you know, got shot potentially mm-hmm. um, at the time that they were shooting. So, <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's wild. I don't know. It's I I remember before my grandma went to the nursing home like three years ago. Uh, she told me just wait, it's going to come nearer to us. It's all going to come nearer to us. And I, you know, I told Stephanie and I told a bunch of people, uh, I'm kind of glad that grandma died when she did, uh, back two days before Christmas last year, because she would have hated all this crap. Yeah. Cause she was in a nursing home and like, you know, they weren't letting people into nursing homes. My dad wouldn't have been able to see her anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, crazy, and with the with the older people too, it's it's harder for them to um, you know adjust and things. And I mean, they saw a lot of crap as well that you know she just probably wouldn't have been ready for this year, um, especially focusing on health and and you know trying to live the as peaceful life as you you can at that age. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's just when when you're when you're 70 something, 80 something, and you're, you're glued to the news. Um, it's, it's not, it's not healthy. It's not, I don't think it's healthy. I, I think you've chosen, you're not 70 or 80 Trevor, obviously, but (laughs) I think you've chosen the right route getting off Facebook and, and getting your head out of all this stuff. Yeah. But Hey, uh, she was just calling me. So Stephanie was just calling me. So, I'll go ahead and get off here, but I was glad to talk to you. Glad to have you on. I'll be glad to have you back anytime. Uh, And uh, is there anything you want to plug real quick at the end or? uh... 
shout out or anything? No, no, I uh been uh been a pleasure being on the podcast things and definitely uh you know, let me know when when you want me back on. I've got plenty to talk about um, you know, for a bunch of different uh different topics. So, it's been great. Cool, yeah, same here and uh we'll uh we'll maybe plan this a little better next time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. See ya. All right, sweet man, have fun. Wasn't that super great? I really enjoyed talking to Trevor. Even if I was kind of out of it today, uh, it's it's really nice uh, hearing his voice, just hearing some of the knowledge he can bring. I mean, just right off the dome, uh, it's it's really sweet. So yeah, well, um, you know, just another reminder: look out for the episode next week if you like the show Superstore and have seen it. If you don't like it or you haven't seen it. Don't listen to it, and it'll be two weeks before you get a new episode. There might be some guests that people don't know and that I don't know coming up. So uh, that'll be pretty awesome, and those will be brought to you by Brad Martin. He won't be on the podcast. Maybe he might, but he he probably won't be on. But uh, those will be exciting. Uh, We had conversation on the phone last night, uh, none of which I was allowed to post on the podcast uh, what a shame, but uh, we had fun talking about that, uh, just some possibilities, I think he's, uh, Brad's, Brad's pretty invested in uh, in listening to it, so he's pretty invested in uh, knowing what he likes to listen to and getting what he wants out of this, so uh, you can do the same, hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, email, <laughs> um, send me a letter. Get my address from somewhere and send me a letter. Uh, Whatever you want to do. But everybody, have a good rest of Sunday. If this isn't Sunday, have a good rest of whatever day it is and whatever week it is. Uh, Peace out, guys.